Okay, coach. I'm losing track of what number we're on. I just saw of that. Maybe what this episode? Might be, uh, four, five, maybe. Oh no, we've already done like six or seven. Oh wow. Yeah. So I think <laughs> we're, we're almost to the double digits. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm glad been. you're the exchequer because <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. All right. So I want to introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Sherry Wilson. I'm Genius Communication here in Clovis, New Mexico, business consultant, hiring expert, uh, social media manager, website developer, blah, 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 blah. But I don't have my all around. All around cool, hot rod driving, chip sunglass wearing female. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. Oh, oh excuse me. We're talking to the, somebody out there in the um, cyber world, so I try to keep my giggles down. But that's it. That's the one right there. That's the one right there. All right, Coach. That was awesome, by Thank the way. Thank you. I just saw that on the fly. <laughs> well, you mentioned the hot rod thing last time, so Absolutely. I'm like, okay. It's true. Uh, now, do. some people may not even know what chips was. It was a show, what, back in the 80s, I think? Google it. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric mm-hmm. Estrada mm-hmm. and somebody else, you know, California yep. Highway, you yep. know. Yep. And then you have to see Sherry with her glasses on and yes. her her V8 engine driving mm-hmm. through town. 1970 Chevelle Super Sport 396. There you go. Mm-hmm. I still got to get a ride. Mm-hmm. Turbo 450, I think. No tickets <laughs> when we're driving, right? <laughs> Not you, but I'm just saying. I'm a good have, girl. They have to give us a pass. Sherry. Yes. Yeah, we... we Block off the road and just let us speed just one time. That's all we need. Just just once. I know all the secret places, Coach. Good. All right. There we go. All right. Well, my name is Greg McNeil, often called Coach, owner of Coach's Corner and Empowerment Center of New Mexico, Western Alliance for Integrated Health, strength coach, strong first instructor, author, all around, funny dude, good citizen, mm-hmm. and... Servant of excellence, Coach. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. I was about to go to hunting or something like that, but I haven't wound that up yet. I'll get it going. Okay. All right. So here we go. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about control. Mm. And kind of burst out of our coaching intensive, which, by the way, for our audience, we had started a mastermind about mm, four months ago, March. It was in March. And we decided to switch things up for this next 90 days and call it a coaching intensive. So when you hear the phrase coaching intensive, we're referring to the mastermind that we would talk about in past episodes. You can learn all about it in the show notes and stuff. But uh, we were discussing some things and we got on the topic of control. And I, I thought that would be really good because, you know, it's birthed out of our conversation post last intensive. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, we're going to start off with the positives of control and then dive into some of the areas where maybe it goes south, you know, uh, in our lives. But I would like to ask everybody, please leave a kind review. Share this podcast if you feel it's helpful. We would love that over on podcast. Uh, we're not trying to be controlling, Coach. Just reminded. <laughs> okay. So can you um, start us off with some positive forms of and ways of control or what's just dropping in your your heart that you want to start off with so the first thing we think about when it comes to control the ability to be self-directed in our lives Mm. um to set a course from our for ourselves and have the ability to be able to fulfill whatever that destiny is that's one form 
Another form of control would be uh, self-respect, mm-hmm. um, the ability to be able to establish healthy boundaries is a form of control, particularly in all forms of relationships, yeah. where they be interpersonal, working relationships, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just the sense that you have a form of self-discipline, yeah. controlling your thoughts, controlling your speech, controlling your appetite when it comes to things like food and consumption, um, information oh, that yeah. you take in oh. as well, too. Now go deeper into that, Coach. Uh, yes, well, so we have to be able to control what types of information that we allow ourselves to hear because some of that information can be very harmful to us, right? And since we're in the business of helping people to think accurately. So our goal is healing business, healing community. Yes. Right? So where truth confronts BS coach. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about we want to be able to make sure that we give all our clients, all our listeners, the ability to discern, hey, am I hearing good information? Yes, you are. Right? Because our goal has one objective. We want you to improve personally interpersonally, your family, your business, um, and any of those that you touch in the community. Yeah. So if you control the information, you control other things in your life so that you are more better, well-rounded and integrated person, then you pass that on in some form to members of your family, members of your workplace, and of course your community, and then we all benefit from that. So maybe one positive aspect of control is that you're not a victim. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of information out there that supports the idea that all of us can be a victim at some point. But if you understand healthy control, it's actually you can through self-direction, through uh, discerning the difference between facts and information, Mm -hmm. discerning relevant facts versus irrelevant, like we talked about in our last intensive. It's whatever does not serve you and what you're after You need to dismiss it. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah, Because you're wasting your time. Very good. You know, I think um, one aspect of control is where you don't give your power to another. And that can, like, manifest, you know, like in your emotions. And that can be a hard one because, you know, like, anger is a response to injustice. Uh, Fear can be healthy so you don't run in front of vehicles. Uh, You know, there's, like, lots of aspects of what we would term negative emotions Mm -hmm. that can be healthy and and be a safety for us but where being in the the idea of not giving your power over another when we say that person made me mad or that makes me mad or whatever because you know I say that because one of my dominant emotions is usually irritation or frustration right it's like you know (laughs) low burning fire and then all of a sudden whoosh um but the reality is no one has control over my emotions. I do, right? That's correct. And so I think that could be something that could actually set people free is to, you know, stop BSing yourself and thinking that people are making you mad or making you poor or making you whatever. You're actually choosing that because you're either believing that information or you basically just don't want to take personal responsibility at times. Yes, and that's the part that kind of like makes my stomach knot up a little bit. 
because when we really get down to the core of mm -hmm. what we're talking about, we are talking about the individual's responsibility. Yes. You have the ability to control all those things that affect your life. Right. And uh, and you're never without that control mm -hmm. unless you give it away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so with just listening to you, that's what I felt in my body. It's like so many times when we listen to other people, there's a victim. Somebody did something to me. Mm -hmm. um, this upset me. Mm -hmm. Instead of acknowledging that I allowed myself to be induced in such a way that now I'm upset, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, instead of recognizing, you know what, this is not good for me, so I need to just stop right here and keep myself in the right frame of mind. And there are true victims, you know. I mean, there are people that are murdered, you know, like they they try to get away from controlling abusive relationships and they end up dead. So we're, of course, <clears throat> not including them in the basket because I could hear people say, well, you're not in control all of the time. I mean, there's people that, you know, they marry someone that abuses them, they have no idea, they try to get away and they end up hunting them down and killing them. Now, I am a true crime podcaster, so I see that all the time, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Got to slip true crime in somewhere. Oh, that was good. But, you know, so aside from true victims, you know, children that are molested and stuff, what I think we're saying is that how you respond to the things that happen to you in life is within your control. If it wasn't, you wouldn't have some people that have similar backgrounds of abuse and things that have happened to them that were against their will mm -hmm. that maybe they didn't ask for, you know, no one asked to be raped, no one asked to be uh, molested as a child, but the response that person can have as a mature and learn to process can go either way. It can go to victim where maybe they end up blowing their head off one day or turning into an abuser or a person. We see story after story of people that had very bad backgrounds and they're helping other people. Yes, and so as a clinician, mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to my mind when I think control, I'm talking about an adult. An yeah. individual who has the ability to determine for his or herself mm -hmm. what is the best course of action in their lives. Yeah. And so I'm glad you made the use those other examples. But for me, yes, that's that's. I the want group to kind of distinguish what we're talking about. Yes, because absolutely. sometimes it's almost like, Coach, I can hear what people are thinking when they listen to us. Well, I didn't ask for this. That was beyond my control. And so when you make, you know, statements, sometimes I can hear the objections come up. Yes, and and there always will be objections, mm -hmm. but there does come a time when it's still in your hands yes. to decide what you're going to do next. Yeah. And, um, but that might be another episode. episode. Yeah, because mm -hmm. from a clinical level, I could go in so many different places, but right. we still come back to this spot right here. Yeah. Now you're this age, yeah. you have this level of power, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I heard years ago, real quick before we get into maybe some of the negative aspects, is, you know, not giving your power away back to the idea of that made me mad or that did this or this person did that. But in a marriage uh, <clears throat> idea or a re relationship idea, one of the things that I liked that um, I think it's Dr. Is it Gutman? Um, Gottman. Gottman, yeah. Mm -hmm. He said that in healthy marriages, uh, they allow each other to influence one another 
and, and have power over one another, meaning the influence. So it's not a power of controlling another person. It's that, hey, your influence is beneficial to me. My influence should be beneficial to you. And by each other allowing one another to influence each other, they actually become better people. So maintain your power, don't give that away, but also recognize the benefit of other people's influence in your life for positive means, not negative means. Yeah, absolutely. So we would say this is power with. We both have power, but we recognize how that works within our respective roles. That's good. So power with, not power over. Exactly. Exactly. I like that, Coach. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I'm not, you know what? I'm going to have to write that down, actually, as a quote. <laughs> power yeah. with versus power over. Very good. Yeah, and I think that's one of the, the biggest challenges. I know we're getting ready to get into that right now. When we move away from power with, mm-hmm. then we start to get into the negative expression of what we call controlling behavior. Let's dive in. All right. Let's dive in. Okay. So we've got the positive out of the way. Uh, And it's always good to start off positive. Yes, it is. So now going into the negative aspects of control, you touched on it with now you're trying to exert power over someone. So kind of dive into that, Coach, what that looks like, some of the negative aspects. So one of the first things that comes to mind, Mm -hmm. when we're attempting to control someone else, there is fear present, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. first and foremost. Yes. So now we start getting into things like fear, doubt, insecurity, jealousy. Mm -hmm. And whenever we're working with those emotions, now we know that the individual themselves is attempting to exert the control, they don't have it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so in order to get it, then someone else now has to be less than. So now we move from power with another to no, you can't have power. I'm the dominant one here. But that individual actually is not the dominant one. And this is why they're acting through those different negative expressions. Or they perceive that they are not significant, important, and therefore whatever is the closest person or object that they feel they can exert dominance over then it makes them feel better. But the problem is you can never control everything and everyone all of the time. And it's not even healthy anyway. And so it it produces an anger response. Like I tell people, you know, uh, control is a response to fear. Anger is a response to a loss of perceived control. So you have like, let's say you've got someone that they're trying to control their spouse that means like you said they have to belittle their spouse they have to uh, have a heavy hand Mm -hmm. and control their time control what even they think Mm -hmm. control their appearance Mm -hmm. how are some of the ways they do that so one of the first things that we work with so if we're talking about couples Mm -hmm. and the female in the relationship let's just say her particular role that she agreed to right now Mm -hmm. we're talking power with right so we have three children and we want to make sure that our children have the best education so in this role the woman says well i will stay at home and i'm homeschooling okay but this is a choice that's coming from a place of power right and power with okay yeah okay now 
if the spouse, the male spouse, um, doesn't see it the same way, mm -hmm. now then the role that the wife has is less than. She stays home with the kids, she takes care of the kids, I go out and I maintain things for the family and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Well, to a degree, but again, it's a partnership. Right. So when we respect the roles that we have in that partnership, then it works just fine because I can't go to work, homeschool three children, change clothing, make sure that they're fed, get them to all their appointments. I yeah. can't do that, so I need my business partner, my wife, to help me with that. Oh, now that's good. You know, so if I respect what she does, mm -hmm. we have power with. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say in this case, he doesn't respect it. He thinks his wife is beautiful. He doesn't want her to go outside. He doesn't want her to speak to some of the friends because if she's friendly, she might be doing something else. Right. Now, of course, this is all based on inaccurate thinking. Mm -hmm. And this is where it, really, um, uh, where it really starts. It starts with inaccurate thinking within the individual. So now he feels like he has to control it. So I don't want you to go out to this venue. I don't want you to hang out with these people. Yeah. I don't want you to wear these type of clothing, right? Or do these certain activities. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But we're really talking about somebody that is definitely afraid because if you go here, if you wear this, if you talk to these other people, you suddenly might find that there's somebody that you like better than me. Oh, no, that's good. They have more money. They're better looking. They're in better shape. They mm -hmm. have a better lifestyle. But these are inaccurate thoughts mm -hmm. in the mind of the person. Mm -hmm. And when they reach a certain point, now their behavior starts to change. So now you really damage your, uh, in this case here, you damage your relationship because your partner that you should have power with, you have now um, degraded that person mm -hmm. or applied so much force, maybe not physical force, but emotional and mm -hmm. psychological force. Mm -hmm. So now your partner is saying, well, I just don't want to deal with that. So now they shut down. Or they withdraw from the things that they enjoy that would make them feel peace and happiness, good things, because it's just not worth the fight. Exactly. And if they don't have the strength of their own, mm -hmm. right, then so now you see someone that looks subdued. Mm -hmm. That's one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Now, if the person, of course, doesn't like that, then you have the other aspect. Now we have conflict. Yeah. Now we're fussing and fighting with one another because someone does not want to be uh, relegated to a role that does not have power within the relationship. Yeah. I think uh, probably other forms as far as a relation relationship aspect, because you, you can't separate your personal from your professional. It's no. always going to intersect and intertwine. And so it impacts all areas. You know, yeah. healthy families equal healthy businesses. Healthy businesses equal healthy communities. I mean, it's all tied together. Absolutely. But you have maybe... Uh, and it could be both sides. I mean, again, being you know a true crime podcaster, I see women that control even their husbands. You know, a good oh, guy that just wants to make her happy, and she's like psycho. There's one we're going to do, Coach, this next <laughs> season. She is psycho. But uh, one thing you see, too, is like uh, holding divorce over each other's heads, um, bringing up past relationships you know, this always happens, you're doing the same thing, uh, belittling them as far as their weight, their looks, uh, beating them down with their words, mm -hmm. uh, 
and you know it may not be physical you know control and abuse but it's still controlling if you feel a need to make another person feel less than you and if you feel really bad about yourself then you're gonna have to go really low to do that right then you're jacked in the head well again this is what we're saying (laughs) it ain't no diagnosis because i can't diagnose but i can for sure tell you that's jacked and i think many other people would say that too right but so we're coming back to the same idea Mm -hmm. that it starts with accurate inaccurate thinking yes so the minute you notice that you're dealing with fear Mm -hmm. control is just right around the corner or what we call controlling sabotaging behavior is right around the corner coach sabotaging okay so I got to get into this on the professional level (laughs) now if a person is struggling in in the depths of insecurity like we're describing they need to get some help this you know they they need you know a coach in their life like you they need someone that they can go to uh, and process those things because typically it comes from you know background where that's Mm -hmm. what they learned those Mm -hmm. were the messages they received Mm -hmm. but the professional aspect okay everybody on the planet well, except for me, probably. I don't think I've ever worked under a controlling boss, probably because I wouldn't put up with it. But everybody has had to work for someone that was basically a control freak, belittling. Um, I mean, just, you know, making people cry, making people walk out. You know, all everybody has been under that type of probably employer. And... I know of several instances even here in town where that occurs and it's a control thing when you have an employee that feels the need to um, uh, control others through threats yelling any hostile activity uh, that's not healthy that is a controlling boss it's actually abusive there are laws against it here's what's so amazing the, the person, the employer that is in charge is actually self-sabotaging. Yes. Because if the employee or employer would realize honey attracts, right? Yes. You don't have to hold people under your control to get them to perform. If you clearly tell them without confusion what their responsibilities are unless you got someone that's an idiot then you just need to fire them but if you've got someone that they want to work you know and you treat them with respect you treat them with kindness you give them the occasional that was a really good job on that specific thing you like where you're really specific so they're Mm -hmm. not like thinking you're just throwing out good job you know like you're saying hey when you did that the other day that was great Mm -hmm. you know they would get so much more done it's like these type of employers think that if they're nice they'll actually lose control but the whole thing is if you're actually kind to your employees you'll get the results you're trying so hard to get by being a jackass yeah i mean so there's you know there are times in our business lives Mm -hmm. where there's intensity that's needed absolutely but again that still comes from a place of thinking accurately yes and generally we're observing somebody's failure to perform up to a standard that they agreed to keep yes right so as long as the the employer 
clearly communicated that because sometimes they don't and people are confused. But yes, if they've clearly communicated, they agree they're not performing. Right. And, um, and so in situations like that, then again, you sit down, you go over that and you know, we generally call that a, you know, a meeting, a counseling session or whatever mm-hmm. that is. A come to Jesus yeah. meeting, coach, is what we would call it here in Clovis, New Mexico. Yeah. And, but then once we, we sort that out, then we should be fine and everybody goes back to their respective roles. But when we are degrading another person, mm-hmm. now we're on another level. Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're dealing with something else. Mm-hmm. And clearly when that's happening, this is what you mean when you say you are sabotaging your business. Yeah. And without harmony, your business will soon be a thing of the past. Yes. And um, and so this is why a part of our work is here in the community. We want to let people know that there is a way to succeed at a very high level. Yeah. But you can do it much more efficiently, and you can do it with harmony. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you produce the type of workplace that most people want to be a part of. Yeah. You produce the type of community that people want to be a part of. And we're going to dive into um, that deeper in a, a separate podcast. But I just wanted to hit on that because it fascinates me, Coach, where people do that. And it I don't know if it's narcissism. I don't know if it like if they're absolutely blind, but it always baffles me when employers try to have a successful business, a successful even church or nonprofit. I mean, you see it in those places uh, and they can't figure out why everybody hates being there and hates working there. Where if you create a culture of appreciation, a culture of communication, a culture of respect, you'll get way more and your job actually gets easier. Yes. So So you're true crime, and even though I don't really um, follow true crime, um, but there is something I would like to share here. I'll convert you eventually. (laughs) So uh, at one point I was working at um, one of the large uh, for-profit prisons here in the state of New Mexico. And as a part of my work, I used to work in what I called the silence of the lamb section, right? Because these were the the prisoners with in prisons, yeah. right? They Ted were like Wendy. really, really locked down. Charles Manson. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so one of the things that I did, <laughs> I, I'm reading all of the files of these people because these are now my clients, right? Wow. Yes. And so I'm going through their files without exception, without exception. They all had a history of being abused, severely abused yes. in some level. Yes. Level psychologically, emotionally, or physically. Yes. And once you put that into a person's mind over and over again, that becomes their programming. So it really wasn't a surprise that they too would become criminals. Yes, because it's a form of control. Exactly. Yes. So when we're talking about controlling employers who have just really horrible attitudes. Now, we're not suggesting that these are people that are bound for prison, prison, not at all. Right. But I'm saying that if you go through each and every one of those individuals, like if I sat with them, I would be surprised if I did not find 
um, in that history, they experience the very type of abuse and behavior that they inflict on their employees. That is very interesting, Coach. Absolutely. I mean, that's really what my work is. I'm investigating that, and it's like, okay, this is where you came from. And so this is how, this is what you know. Mm -hmm. Hurt people hurt, hurt people. people. Yeah. Exactly. They just need to call you, Coach. <laughs> that's right. We're going to open up your place. <laughs> they need to call you. Okay, so we're at our mark where we need to start wrapping this up. You know, Coach, you're Gandalf. I'm Yoda, right? <laughs> uh, it's time to have a little no BS allowed moment. Okay. Okay. Uh, you cannot pass, right, you Coach? That's what you say. You cannot pass. So I'm going to tackle this BS. <laughs> Watch out. So the idea of control, okay? And when you talk about, you know, you have control of your destiny, where you go and all that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm, you know, obviously a person of faith, uh, have a ministry. Um, I'm in that group a lot. Um, quite frankly, I see a lot of stuff that annoys me, so I try to you know, limit my interactions with, mm -hmm. I guess, what you would call the religious system out there. But one of the things that annoys me to no end is when you say something like that, you know, you control your destiny. Oh, well, you know, God's in control, right? They always bring that up. And uh, it's taught from pulpits and it's taught to everybody. God's in control. Well, what's happened is a lot of people blame him for stuff that he had nothing to do with, coach. Step on those toes. <laughs> So what I like to say is God is in charge. He's not in control. If he was in control, then how can you attribute rape, child molestation, murder, et cetera, to him? So you can't. Ooh. Now, here's where it can get confusing for people when you say you have control of your destiny. When you're, and this is for all my people that, uh, you know, they, the, the faith people, and, and let me just be extremely specific, the Christianity aspect of it. It, is, it has nothing to do with control. It has to do with cooperation. Mm, great point. Because you see people all the time that are in control of their destiny, sleeping with prostitutes and uh, supposed male uh, or massage therapists, taking meth and sleeping with male prostitutes over in the Springs. I remember that story. I mean, I could go on and on and on of all the stories, right? Ooh. They controlled their destiny right into destruction, didn't they? That's right. God had nothing to do with that. Exactly. They didn't deal with their junk. Exactly. So whenever we say you have, or at least myself, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but whenever I say I have control of my destiny, that is not apart from cooperating with God because he is a person to me. I am partner, I'm in a partnership with him. I want to please him, but I can always say no. He's never taken my sovereign ability to choose from me. So it's not control. We shouldn't use he controls everything as a scapegoat and then blame him for all your problems because you were too lazy to get off your couch and quit watching Netflix and pursue your destiny. You see what I'm saying? I do. So there's not going to be any BS on this one <laughs> because that is one of my pet peeves. And so it's not a pride statement. That's what I'm getting at. It's yeah. not a pride statement that I control my destiny because I do. But I have a choice as a person who believes in Jesus to say, I'm going to cooperate with you. And you put me on this planet for a, a certain purpose, and I'm going to do everything I can to fulfill it. But I am not going to say that I am powerless at any point in that relationship because he's never made me powerless because God is a power with. 
not a power over. Right. We need a fist bump right there. All right, coach. there we go. There we go. I don't know if y'all heard that, but I think you just broke my hand. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sherry. <laughs> but that's where truth confronts BS. You're it, not going to pass on that one. It, it does. So I just want to just kind of like throw this in there um, in, in support of what you're saying. Okay. When we say we have control of our destiny, mm -hmm. that is 100% true. Absolutely. And so for the person who needs biblical assurance, well, it's all throughout the Bible. It is. As you think, so, so shall it be you. unto yes. you, right? Yes. So what we're saying is your thinking controls your destiny. Yes. So at that point, it's all in your hands. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you don't have the benefits that come from your particular faith, but still it's always yeah. down to the individual and the choice that they make based yeah. on how they think about things. And I mean, I've sat with people where they're so blinded to their gifts and their skills and their, you know, attributes that they can't see past that and they then choose failure. That's you right. You know, blindness is a choice too. Absolutely. That's oh So is deafness. Gosh. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. We could go on and on, mm -hmm. Sherry. There we, we go. Endless. There we go. All right. So quick, quick, uh, in cap, what's a question? Let's, let's just end with one question that someone can ask themselves as far as control in maybe a relationship. So the first thing is, what do you want? Okay. Because when you ask yourself what you want, what immediately comes to you is everything that you're doing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to ask yourself what you don't want. What do you want? And the minute you ask yourself that question, your life is laid out in front of you. Yeah. You can see the situation that you're in. Does it work for you? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, then you have the ability to change that. Yeah. That's a self-directed action based on accurate review of what one's current life is. Okay. What do you want? And don't be surprised that as you pursue what you want, those things and those people that do not support it, you might find they're not there a year later, five years later, 10 years later. Don't make the mistake of trying to control that separation because you don't want to be alone. Amen. I'm not going to say anything beyond that because that's true. Let it go. I think that's a mic drop. It is. Dink. I think that's the end, coach. Bam. There we go. <laughs>